guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hey, and welcome to this episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence with me, Janice. I'm a communication strategist, and this podcast is all about strategic communications, including messaging and content creation. So whether you create content for your business or as your business, I know you'll learn something in this episode to help create your success. Now, usually I talk about best practice, the better way of getting things done. But sometimes it's good to know what to avoid. It can be just as informative. So this week, I want to discuss what not to use as content. And when I say content, I mean for your social media, your blog, your interviews, whatever it is that you're putting out into the world to represent you. The purpose of having content is to stand up and stand out, both for you and your business. It goes without saying that you want the content to make you look good. You use marketing that represents your actual work. Sales and advertising pieces are in place to entice people to buy your product and service. And public relations content represents your business as an entity. It makes people say, oh, that's the kind of business that values its clients, for example. PR also represents you as an owner, your capabilities, your expertise, your person, And it makes people say, she's the kind of person who stands over her work. I can trust her. And it's that piece, that focus on us, that often makes so many of us shy away from creating compelling and engaging content. It is way easier to talk about your brilliant face cream or baked goods than it is yourself. But many of us are very conscious of the importance of being present and demonstrating who we are. Some of us, however, miss the mark, and post perhaps more than what's expected. There are tons of resources available to tell you exactly what to post, but hopefully after this episode, you'll have a fence post for where the far end of the content field lies, starting with a very blanket statement. Don't post bad things about other people's businesses. Don't do it. When you badmouth someone, it erodes your credibility. And as soon as you speak negatively about another entrepreneur, your audience will begin to question you. Because if you are as good as you profess to be, 
you wouldn't need to demonstrate it by pointing out how bad someone else is. You also create a discomfort, a sense of mistrust, where they wonder if they don't measure up to your standards, will they be your next target? There's enough stress in the world. Who wants to pay to work with someone who creates more? So just don't be a keyboard warrior when it comes to your competitors, your clients, even your former clients. And if you have to do it, because sometimes you can use negative commentary to demonstrate how far you can bring a client with your work. And if that's the case, then just do it with care and compassion. Don't use their name or their face or their identifying information. If you need to use someone as an example of what not to do, or as a way to show how you can change the situation, remove their identifying information. Make it as anonymous as possible and quickly relate back to how you can help. And don't forget, you can always ask someone if they mind you using them as an example. If you've created a transformation for someone or had an otherwise fantastic result, you can always ask for permission to use their story and identify them. Or ask for a testimonial. Let them tell how much you've helped in their own words. But to air your grievances or to simply badmouth someone you're not fond of, don't. And speaking of permission, check for copyrights before posting items. If you've been featured in a magazine or other print publication and you post a picture of your feature, that is copyright infringement and illegal in most countries. Honestly, it's just safe to assume it's illegal in yours. And by all means, like talk it up to the hilt. If you earn a piece of PR, like a feature or an interview, then absolutely promote it until your fingers fall off but promote it with a link, with a call for people to go out and buy a copy for themselves. I've heard of small businesses being hit with relatively large fines for posting a picture of the owner reading the magazine they've been featured in, or posting a picture of the photo spread, including them in the magazine. There's actually advice not to post GIFs, because most of them are ripped from television shows, which we obviously don't own the rights to. And when you repost someone's post and they've posted someone else's work without permission, well, that's still infringement. And when it comes to quotes, attribute them whenever possible. If you can't find who said it, see if there's another quote you can use to say basically the same thing, but where you can give credit. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but it is best practice to only post your own work and to give credit when you post someone else's thoughts. If you don't own it, don't post it. And let's talk about personal information. You definitely own that. From a safety perspective, please don't post photos of your vacation while you are on vacation. You don't want to tip people off to your empty home. Nobody likes uninvited guests. Post them afterwards if you want to share that you've done something wonderful. Plus, it gives you a bit of ready-made content that you can then use while you settle back into being at work and wrap your head around the rest of your content plan and your work. Part of the photography piece also relates to your family. There are privacy settings and whatnot on all the social media these days, but honestly, like my dad would say, that just keeps out the honest thieves. People will get around pretty much any kind of security online if they really want to. And while you might not think you're a target, there are just some risks not worth taking. If you have kids, it's completely your decision to post pictures of them. I mean, I love seeing pictures of my friend's kids, especially now that we've moved again. 
But it's different when you're posting for your business. Are your children a part of your business? Does your vacation photo of your ginormous margarita add detail to who you are as a business owner? As a side note, while we're talking about personal things, I know that you know not to post photos of your personally identifying information, such as bank details, or pin codes, or any of those kind of things. If you're taking one of those scenic pics of your desk covered in paperwork, and yeah, scenic is in air quotes there, just have a quick scan to make sure that nothing you don't want seen is in view or legible when the pic is zoomed in on. When you're reviewing your content with a view to promote your work and entice people into your business, it is great to have some personal touches. Not so great to enable people too much of a look in. No one needs to know everything about you. Some personal stuff is great, but just make sure that it's adding to your reputation as a competent and professional business owner or however it is that you want to be viewed. And like I alluded to when I was talking about copyright infringement, when you create content, you want to focus in on your thoughts. However, those thoughts need to be expressed so that they reach your audience. And that can be hard. It's great that we can choose the communication methods that suit us best. For example, if we don't like to write, we often start a YouTube channel or hit up TikTok or we go on people's podcasts, we do video and audio. So we do have choice around the platforms that we use, but we still have to express ourselves and be heard, be understood. This requires grammar and sentence structure, things that can be personal to you and your audience as you may have a regional dialect or expressions that help you identify yourself and connect with your audience. But spelling when you're writing and using the correct words, irrespective, they're really important. Someone tweeted the other day that they had received a proposal where the word Pacific, as in the ocean, was used where specific was intended. Ugh, that makes you look unintelligent, like someone who has no attention to detail, and neither is a good look. And then there's the matter of swearing and other potentially more divisive issues. And this is where things could get a bit more difficult to find your way. Look, I swear in real life, but not on this podcast, not in my interviews, not in my social media. It's not how I choose to represent myself. It's not how I choose to express myself in the public forum. But that's my choice. Just as I rarely, as in once ever, post anything political. And that was about a week ago, and it was a share of a reporter's tweet. Because I choose not to take a public stance on politics or religion or even the Queen's death. Privately, I have strong opinions on all of them but they're my personal business, not part of my public business. And this isn't because I don't have the confidence in my convictions, but because I work with people who don't hold similar views and I can both respect their views and my own at the same time. I work with people who can respect others' rights to their beliefs as well. And I do work with people who have made religion or their political views part of their business persona. That's a choice that you make when you design or redesign your brand. It shapes the way you act and react to situations and will help you attract a like-minded audience, which is great because that's why you have a clear brand identity and that's what messaging is designed to do. 
And that's my point, which I've kind of awkwardly buried in here. If you want to speak about a potentially divisive topic like politics or religion, do so knowing that you will attract an audience that appreciates that stance and repel those who don't. That attract and repel action will be strong the stronger your position is expressed. Irrespective of your beliefs, I never advise creating any content that promotes hate, violence, or discrimination. And sometimes there's a fine line between an incredibly passionate stance on a topic and discrimination against those who don't agree. I'm not going to tell you not to have your beliefs. That's not my business. This is not the platform. I am going to tell you to think very carefully before you speak of them and do so knowing of the potential fallout. Now, settle back and let me tell you a story of how one company did not follow this advice. And you'll note, I'm telling you a story of something that actually happened and removing the identifying details. If you live near this town, you may recognize the situation. But otherwise, it's not important to name and shame the company. There was plenty of that done when it happened, and the backlash lingers months on. So I'm just keeping it anonymous to demonstrate the point. So this past summer, a pride festival was held in a large tourist town, as it is every year. And the event organizers sent letters requesting sponsorship to organizations connected with the town. One large company sent a transphobic and homophobic reply. Side note, why? 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 All you had to do was say no. You didn't have to wish them well or ask them to come back and ask again next year when you just probably say no again. Like a simple no will always suffice. But this particular reply went out. And it was such that it warranted being shared in a private forum to let the 2S LGBTQ plus community know that this particular business might not be a safe place for them to shop. And of course, someone in that forum made the reply public. What happened was an onslaught of people from the community, from the town, from elsewhere, calling on local businesses to stop using this company as a supplier and for individuals to stop buying their products. Now, the company released an apology said that the reply was not representative of the company and that the employee who had sent the reply had been removed from that position. Solid response. Acknowledge, apologize, take action. Usually things would simmer down and the story would end there, except for the fact that the statement released was misleading and factually incorrect, which led to worse reputational damage. A fake apology is never, never going to make things better. Major clients of this company dissolved their contracts. Smaller purchasers found other suppliers. Yes, many individuals probably were attracted to the hate-filled position, but if you run a business, ethics aside, do you want to lose money based on your position? When you have a few half-million-dollar contracts cancel in the space of a day, how many individuals do you have to attract in order to make that up? How long will it take to recoup that projected profit? How much will it cost you? Ultimately, you have the right to your opinions and beliefs. 
I'm not here to tell you what your morals should be, where your ethical guidelines should lay. There are people who will be happy to do that for you. Not me. You make these choices for your business. But all I'm saying is to make the choice with your business head on. Stay away from hate, violence, and discrimination at the very least. And to lighten the mood, one last content no-no. You may have a fluffy business. You may spin your own yarn and sell patterns and homemade sweaters. Or sell goose-down pillows, the epitome of actual fluff. You may talk fluff, but bring it back to your business. Steer away from reposting your result on an online personality quiz or talking about irrelevant topics. You have the right to be an individual and to have your quirks and your interesting hobbies, but not all of them are right for your business. If you collect toenail clippings, please don't tell me about it in a podcast interview. By the way, that has never happened. Purely a made-up example. And don't post pictures of it on Instagram. A good morning sunshine post on your personal Twitter? Well, that's easily scrolled by. It's not even noteworthy. So is it even worth your effort? Well, that's your personal profile. So that's up to you. But I can tell you that unless you've linked it to your cafe and noted that you're offering a coffee special, eh, don't do it on your business profile. To be honest with you, this has been an incredibly difficult episode for me to write. The concept seemed good. The outline (laughs) was a bit tough. But the actual writing has taken me days, and I feel it's still awkward despite many edits. I don't like telling people what not to do in broad terms. There are so many nuances to so many situations that I just can't fit them all into a short podcast. But what I can do on this platform is highlight the bigger picture and trust that you will think through how they apply to you in your work. And that's often how this podcast works anyway. The way you talk about your business demonstrates who you are as a business owner, and by extension, the type of business you run. That's a fundamental piece of public relations strategy. It's why we work on brand identity and messaging. Of course, I'll link to my resources to help you with those in my show notes, or you can head to janicefogarty.com to see how I can help. Now, some of these suggestions might seem like complete common sense, and others, maybe something you haven't thought about before. I hope that hearing them all lumped together in a group has helped you cement where your lines in the sand are as to how you want to represent yourself and your business. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like what I talk about and how I talk about it, I think you'll love being on my email list. Head to janicefogarty.com forward slash email list, all one word, and sign up for my weekly email. And thank you to everyone who's been sharing these episodes with their entrepreneurial and communications-minded friends. It means the world to me. And I know you've been doing it because I've been charting the top 25 for indie business on BidPods, as well as some other charts. It's really exciting to know that this content was valuable enough for you to share. So thank you for your support. And until next week, my friend, have a fan-freaking-tastic rest of your day. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 